Today we're going to pick up with Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I'm, I'm, I'm primarily dealing with these two verses today. And we will soon be coming to the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount in this series. But as long as the Lord has me here, we will be coming back to passages here and even later on down the road again to the sermon. You can never go wrong with preaching from the Word of God. You can never go wrong with preaching God's Word. It, don't, it does not mean you won't be beat up <laughs> and abused and talked about, but I would rather have God's favor than be concerned with man. When we consider the text that we're going to read, and we'll look at a couple of other scriptures as well, it is a difficult, not so much passage to understand so much, but it is one where it challenges the conventional thinking of people. And when we think about heaven and the road to heaven, it is one that causes many people a lot of consternation. Today we're going to take a look at what Jesus says and give thought to that today. Would you stand please as I pray for the word of God? And I'm going to ask you to remain standing while I read the two verses and I'll have you sit and I will read a couple of other verses. Today, Lord, we want to thank you for traveling mercy for the Shelfer family and as they prepare to leave to go back home this week. Keep them safe. Give them a safe return. We pray that you will bless them and keep them. Bless the pilot. Bless those that are traveling. We honor you today and thank you that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And we honor you today. We thank you that, God, you have allowed us the privilege to even be able to call on your powerful name. We pray that you'll be honored above all. Pray today that you will give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying today. We do love you. We honor you. Thank you for the prayers that you have already answered. As we pray this week, we pray that you'll be glorified. We honor you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Please remain standing as I read Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I will be reading out of the NIV. You may have a different translation. This is what it says. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Your Bible may say straight. And many enter through it, verse 14, but small is the gate, and narrow or straight the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. You may be seated. I'm just going to read, I may, I may not say much about this passage, but I'm going to read Matt, uh, Excuse me, Luke chapter 13, verses 22 through 25, Luke chapter 13. Verses 22 through 25 says, Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? 
He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 19 because she's reading here, I'm going to go ahead and just read it from the board. 3019, Nisha. Yes. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that I have set before thee life and death, the blessing and the curse. Therefore, choose life that thou mayst, mayst live, thou and thy seed. Psalm chapter 1, verse 6. For Jehovah knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. As a subtitle, I've given this message. So tell me what road are you traveling on? So tell me what road are you traveling on? No matter how you might try to cut it, there are only two paths that one can take in life. One that leads to life and the other that leads to death. I think that we should have a real heart of gratitude to Jesus for taking the time to preach this sermon on the mount. He laid some wonderful principles and he laid some great foundations and we looked at what we mentioned a couple weeks ago a what was called a chiastic or a chiasm, where we look at in the in the Word of God, where you you often have phrases that are repre- are repeated, parallel statements. But the a chiasm or a chiastic statement is one that has been inverted. It is one to where the author gives a point, and then he goes on to the next point, and then comes back to that. We mentioned that when it we were talking, actually about. Let me just actually. Find it here. He says in verse number 8 of Matthew Matthew chapter 7, verse 8, it says, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pigs, your pearls to pigs. If you do, they will trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. That's called a chiastic statement. In other words, it is the first part goes with the last part of that sentence. When the emphasis that the writer wanted to make, they would repeat the phrase or they would say it in a different way, meaning the same thing when they wanted to give the emphasis because there was no punctuation. And when we look at Jesus Christ and we look at the Word of God, you will oftentimes hear phrases repeated. Whenever you would hear something said three times, watch out. In the book of Revelation, you will hear the word, woe, woe, woe. It ain't like, whoa, man, what's up? No, that ain't what, that's not what we're talking about. It, it is a call that destruction is on its way. We're going to look at one point, and again, I'm going to give you one point, but there's going to be several points under. Let me give you the point number one. It is the imperative to enter. The imperative to enter. Jesus has every right to give a command, and we have every responsibility to obey. 
When Jesus gives an imperative, a command, it is not, as I said last week, it is not up for choice whether you do it or not. Mm, Lord, do I want to obey? No, no, it's not up for discussion. Jesus did not call you to counsel with him about whether you are going to obey his word or not. So when he gives a word and an imperative, it is to be done. And in fact, we have in this verse, believe it or not, even though it's an invitation, the word enter, it is an imperative. It is a command, enter. In the Greek, there's a word called stenos. It is translated narrow. When we look at the, that word in the King James Version, straight, it's not talking about a straight line or something that does not bend. S-T-R-A-I-T. In other words, when we look at the word straight, it is something that is narrow. It is something that, that when one looks at, it means to be pent up. It, it, we get, in fact, our English word stenography from this word. When we look at the narrow road, the straight road, it further means to be hemmed in. Everybody that's talking about heaven is not going. I, I, I know heaven is popular to talk about. But Jesus said before that everyone, in fact, he'll say it a little bit later in this chapter, Everybody says to me, Lord, Lord is not going to heaven. It's not that the invitation is not there. It's not that one has not been called. It's that one has a different idea of what it means to be saved. You see, if your way was the right way, Jesus would have sent you to the cross. God would have said, behold my son. Or daughter, listen to him or her. Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit did not say that. On the Mount of Transfiguration, he said, this is my son. Listen to him. And when we think about heaven, if anybody knows about heaven, I think Jesus is the one that knows about heaven. The Bible says, enter through the narrow gate. When one thinks about a gate or a door, one thinks about, about something that is narrow. Now, now I, 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 would, I would think that we, when we read last week, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, in fact, I'm going to read that again. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. And then verse 8 gives further information on verse 7. For everyone who acts receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks the door will be opened. We mentioned that this is dealing with prayer. Now I believe that in part when, when the Lord talks about being on the right way, we can tie that back into verse 7. That when we think about knocking, Jesus says that he will answer the door. So when you want to get through the door, you've got to understand that he must be the door. He is the gate that the sheep can go through in and out. Now, now the Lord calls us sheep. You know the Lord calls us sheep a lot. I mean, 
you know sheep ain't too smart. No, 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 no. Sheep, 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 sheep. The Lord said, <laughs> my, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. It, it's not a, it, it's a compliment. He said it then, but when we talk about sheep, sheep got to be cared for because they get into a lot of trouble. They'll follow one another right on to their death. You know, when, when a sheep strays, sometimes that shepherd got to break its leg. I'm not saying any of y'all sheep. I'm not, no, I didn't say that. I'm not saying that. The Lord said it. <laughs> when we consider going through this door, the Bible says, Jesus says, enter through the straight or the narrow gate. When we think about this gate, when we think about this door that is before us, there are some commentators who, who have discussed, does it mean that the gate is entered and then the road is traveled? Or does it mean that you, you travel on the road and at the end of life you go through the gate? There's a big discussion about that whole idea and, and point. When does one enter the gate? I'm going to take it from the perspective that we enter the gate to walk on the road that Jesus is teaching about. And there is a gate still to be entered into once we leave this earth. Enter the narrow gate. Enter the narrow gate. When we consider everything that happens in life, what is the end result that everything is coming to, that everything is culminated in, culminating in? Where is it all heading? You know, that's one of the most important questions that you've got to deal with. What happens at the end? The end, the end. If you're not paying any attention to the end, you are in deep trouble. When Jesus says, enter the narrow gate, it means that it has to lead somewhere. This is not a gate that just goes any place. This is not a gate that just goes anywhere you want. It's narrow, and the road is narrow. That means one has to pay attention because one can actually get hurt or, or, or not be secure on it if they're not careful. But the road that's, that's broad, you can just hop on on. Just hop on. Go in the direction you want to go. Go backwards, sideways, forwards. Whoa, turn around. But there's a narrow gate. We're going to get deeper into that part of it. When I think about the narrow gate and the Bible says, and, and then he uses the comparison for wide is the gate. You, you see, when he says, enter the narrow gate, there's no object that he identifies initially. He just says, enter the gate. What gate and where is it going? Where is it headed? He does not identify it right then. But as you read this next statement, for wide is the gate, we get some idea. And so when you look at the Sermon on the Mount and all that he's been saying, and as he's wrapping this up, you're, he's tying it all together, we know that he's talking about heaven. Because he's been talking about the heaven and the Beatitudes. He's been talking about how one can, how one can get to heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And all the Beatitudes that he gave. But then he says, 
the there's a wide gate and a broad way and a broad road that leads to destruction. So we have these two roads. And one has to consider that Jesus had made a point earlier that one was to be careful not to follow the ways of the religious leaders. And, and when you consider this fact and you consider this statement, in fact, let me see if I can find it real quick. And Sister Michelle, I'm going to need your help. Um, I think it's in chapter 5 somewhere, and I'm going to need to keep going. But in chapter 5, and maybe in Mark, but see if you can find where the word says, where the, in Jesus on the sermon, actually sermon of the mind, actually, when Jesus is talking about not being like the religious leaders. That's in the Sermon on the Mount. I'm not sure what verse it is right now. But let me go on and say this. Jesus was saying that the righteousness of the people had to, all, had to exceed that of the ways of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. So when we consider this, he is saying that there's a right way and there's a wrong way. If the teachers of the law were saying that our way is right. We are the one that's leading you to Christ. And Jesus is saying there is a narrow way that leads to life. And he says here in verse 13, but the broad way leads to destruction. Somebody's got to be wrong. Yes. What verse is that? 6 to. Verse chapter 6 of Matthew 2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogue on the streets. That's one. And then in chapter, verse 5, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you, they, they, the truth, they have received their reward in full. And then the next one is, 16, when you fast, do not be, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. And these are some of the verses where Jesus is making a comparison. And in none of these verses is any positive recognition given to the Pharisees for what they're doing. And Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the religious leaders, can enter in. When we think about this road, you see the road that is narrow, you have to be careful because you just can't turn around on it. You've got to be very careful. The road that's broad, it doesn't make a difference what you do. When you think about this road that's, that's broad, we think about a person going in a different direction. But that's not what this passage is talking about. The narrow road and the broad road, people are saying you can get to heaven by getting on both roads. It is not one road that's going in the opposite direction that they're telling you. They said everybody can go to heaven. But Jesus says there is a narrow road. There is a straight road. There is a narrow path. But the religious leaders were saying, we're children of Abraham. We know the Father. Who are you? When you look at John chapter 8, 
great discourse between Jesus and the religious leaders. Now, I know I've told you this before, but I might as well just say it again since you're here. When we consider John chapter 8, 58, that, that discourse that's leading up to Jesus having this discussion about Abraham. They're saying, we're children of Abraham. And Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. That's what Jesus said. The Bible says they picked up stones. Why? Because they understood that Jesus was saying, I'm God. Because that verse relates back to Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. Jesus says, God said, I am. He said, I am. And Jesus used that same word, the same I am for himself that God used back in Exodus. Now, this is the same Jesus that says there's a narrow road and there's a broad road. Who said, later on in his ministry, I am. Now, if the religious leaders and if people are saying that you can get on this road and still get to heaven, we've got a problem. Because Jesus says that there's a road that's narrow, but there is a road that's broad, but that road leads to destruction. You see, people are telling you that you can get on this road and you can still get there. You see, there are only two possibilities for the end of life. Jesus does not give any alternatives. Both roads do not lead to heaven. But the broad road is the way people are saying that one can get there. Here are some of the statements that those on the Broadway just might say. I'm just as good as any other person. I don't harm no one and I treat everybody right. I'm a good person. You haven't heard this before. I should go to heaven because I try to do what is good and right. When I don't go to church, I don't hurt people, and I treat everybody the same. You got any enemies? You treat your enemies the same as you treat your best friend? I don't think so. God knows my heart, and he knows that I'm trying. You know, nobody is perfect, you know, and the list goes on. You see, those are some of the statements that those that are on the broad road may say. Hmm. You also note that in Jesus' statement, he identifies now what he was saying in verse number 13. He says, verse 14, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. If there's a road that's narrow and only a few that, that finds it, it gives the idea and the impression that there is a possibly a large wall. Let's just use the analogy. I'm just 
use my imagination. And there is a very small door in that wall. Massive, let's say. And the idea is that you've got to find that door in order to get through. Would you put up John chapter 14, 6? It says, Jesus says unto him, talking to Thomas, <laughs> I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one cometh unto the Father but by me. Would you put up Acts chapter 4, verse 12? Would you find Acts 4, 12? Some of y'all have seen this before. It says, and in no other there is salvation. It says like it. And salvation, I like in another version, and salvation is found in no one else. For neither is there any name under heaven that is given among men wherein or whereby we must be saved. No other name but Jesus. You see, the door that is so narrow, in that, way, that door that one should be searching for can find that door is Jesus. But when people bring their own ideas, their own thoughts, their own ways, that's the broad way. When they bring their own way of saying, you can't tell everybody how to live. A person's got to make up their own mind. That's the broad way. When people say that Jesus was a good man, that's the broad way. When they don't say that he was God in the flesh. When people say that all of the Old Testament sacrifices were not pointing to Jesus. Even though God says there can be no blemishes with the lambs. There could be nothing. The, the animal has to be pure. The animal can have no defect. All pointing to Jesus. And so if Jesus is that gate, if Jesus is that door, if salvation is the road that we've got to walk, then that broad way is everything else. If Jesus is not the door. Another passage comes to mind. We're going to find Philippians 2, 5 through 8. I think I'm going to, yeah, two, Philippians, go to Philippians chapter 2. It may go past 8. Philippians chapter 2. I'm pretty sure that's what I want. Have this mind in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God. You know what? Put up the KGV. I want the King James Version on this one. <laughs> click it and go live. You have to click it. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, 
but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Go to verse 9. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name. Go to 10. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And the next verse, 11. <laughs> and at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. that verse 11? No, I just want 11. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. It's Jesus. It's Christ. It's the Savior. If there was any other way to be saved, any other way, there would be no need for Christ to in the Garden of Eden to guard the that that the the tree that he put the seraphim at it. He he wouldn't have had to guard the tree. Life he keep us in a perpetual state of sin. You see, God made a plan, and that plan was Jesus Christ, my holy one, my son, is going to pay the price in order that you can enter that gate and enter the kingdom of God. But the broad way, when people get to the end of the road and try to say, but God, and Luke, I don't, I don't know you. How many ways can we be saved? Jesus is the only way. He is the truth and the life. God has this thing about himself. He has the audacity to say that I am God and nobody else is to be worshipped. That's what God says. I didn't say it. God said it. God is awesome and holy. God is the one that says, worship me in spirit and in truth. Two roles. That people are saying you can get to heaven this way, but Jesus says, uh-uh, there's a narrow gate. There's a narrow road. One has to watch. Salvation is not easy. Salvation is not a cop-out. People say, oh, that's just a cop-out. Let me say this as I conclude. People that come to the Lord and give lip service to it, when the trials of life and the winds of persecution begin to blow, they fall off. Because they say, I didn't sign up for this. I'm going back to my old way of life where it's easy on the broad road. I've got to give up this. I didn't bargain for that. When the enemy begins to put pressure on you and tries to pressure you and test you, when you say, Lord, I'm going to serve you. And then he gonna, the enemy going to say, yeah, we're going to see about that. I'm going to bring the very thing that, that gives you the, a fit right into your life. 
And there it is, staring you in the face. I thought I got over that. There it is. The moment you make up your mind to do what is right, ain't had to deal with this thing in years. There it is. Right there the next day facing you. Where did this come from? The enemy's got a test for you. No, don't leave the Broadway. As I conclude. <laughs> Many people who have an emotional experience with the Lord don't stay with him because the demand is too high for the call to walk through the narrow, small gate. A person living and walking on the narrow road was to say that God had sanctioned, if we were to say that person that's really living for God, that God had sanctioned marriage, marriage between one man and one woman. Those on the broad way would say that's too narrow thinking. One on the narrow road was to say that God says living together outside of marriage is sin and God will judge sin. Those on the broad way would say it's only a piece of paper. It doesn't matter. If one on the narrow world was to say Jesus is the only way to the Father and one cannot be saved unless he or she accepts the Lord as Savior, one would say you can't say what's right or wrong for me. So Jesus' statement that the wide, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many that enter through it suggest that many will be offended at the narrowness of Jesus being the only door. Isn't it interesting that God took great care to give to Moses the exact plan that needed to be carried out and told him, don't deviate from it. I've given this plan. It's what I'm doing. It has to be carried out just as I have laid out. Ten Commandments, as I told you, form the foundations of all the other 600 laws that God gave. And the Beatitudes form the foundation of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Jesus means business. All of the scriptures, Jesus fulfills perfectly. No other person comes close. While people are trying to say that any road you take is okay, Jesus emphatically says that one road leads to destruction and the narrow gate leads to life. Bow your heads. Told you to buckle up. Living a Christian life is not easy. But with Christ, we can do all things through him who strengthens us. Try to do it on yourself or by yourself, you'll fail every time. 
You weren't made to travel this road by your own understanding in your own way. God has the plan. And it is our responsibility to obey. Today, God, we thank you for your goodness and your kindness in the Word of God. We thank you that there's only one road that leads to life. And the Bible says only few find it. We thank you that you have placed us on the road. Now, may we not turn turn to the left nor the right. May we not try to get off because it's difficult. But may we keep going until we enter through the eternal gates of glory. Which, God, you have prepared for those who love you. We are grateful to you for your blessings. We are grateful to you for the very fact that you have given us life and have allowed us the privilege of being able to enter your rest. So, God, if you have placed us on this road, which you have, you're able to keep us on the road. So no matter what comes, may we, Lord, stay on the narrow road. May we enter the narrow gate. Those that haven't done it, God, I'm praying today that they'll understand that their way is a losing battle, but it's only Christ. So today we honor you for who you are, the great and wonderful King, the glorious Messiah, the Paschal Lamb. You are the God who saves us. And we bless you today for who you are. Have your divine way. In our very lives. Convict, Lord, today hearts. Set, Lord, the captives free. 